Welcome to How to Get a Job College Student Edition, the podcast for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights from students who have completed the Mastering College to Career Mentoring Program, networking opportunities, and unique insights from industry thought leaders. So if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of How to Get a Job, College Student Edition. And today I have such an amazing guest for you. Um, I have Frank Gonzalez and Frank is a business sales development at HubSpot, but I have actually known Frank for quite some time and, and Frank has just an amazing story. I'm just here, uh, really excited to have him here today. Frank, how's it going, my friend? Long time, no talk. Danny. Pleasure to be here. Super excited that you uh, you reached out. Um, big fan of what you do. And and yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So I knew Frank when he was a college student and I was just, I was still working at PepsiCo at this time. I was really involved at UCF and in, in, in the same business fraternity that we were both part of, Delta Sigma Pi. And, um, and I would have co- career conversations with Frank, but man, just being able to just see uh, from afar, seeing how, how you've developed and grown, how you finished college, because I remember at one point, I don't even know if you were going to finish, like you were even saying, hey, I don't even want to continue, um, but you yeah. persevered, man. So um, tell us a little bit more about you. Um, let, let, just start where, however far back you want to start out, and then we can kind of move forward towards college and then your transition from college to career. Got to, yeah. Um, yeah, you knew me at, at, at quite quite a time in my life. Uh, but yeah, just a little about myself, man. I, I'm, I was born in Mexico. Um, I spent a, most of my childhood in Detroit. I come from, you know, a very non-traditional background. I mean, my parents were immigrants. I was an immigrant, grew up in Detroit. So I, so I was so used to the big city environment. Like I grew up in a big city. Um, and I like to credit Detroit a lot because I feel like it molded me into uh just to have the outlook I have now is like to really to have like a gritty outlook, um, understand, like grew up in like the gang environments, a lot of culture there. So it really shaped me uh, to understand like a different aspect of life. And then I moved to Florida um, and this was like a country town. So I went from like the big city to cows and chickens uh, and just the overall country aspect, right? So that that helped me too because I was able to engage with a whole different uh, side of people, host different side of the country, right? So it it helped me, and and I'm I'm gonna get to that like once once I talk about college. But eventually, you know, I graduated high school, and after high school, this is where this is where things got rough. Danny, you know, I, I've shared this story with you a lot. Um, after high school, I graduated undocumented. Right. So I uh, my first job was in a tomato field in the middle of Virginia. Right. So I, so I throughout high school, I had a very normal upbringing. Right? I played basketball. My number one passion. I was short in Mexican, but some wild thought in my head thought I was going to go to the NBA and I work like it. Right. I just and I, and I got, got pretty good, actually. But at that time, I was. Uh, I was in a rough spot. I didn't know, you know, college was definitely not in my radar. You know, none of the career choices were on my radar. I was just literally in survival mode. So I was just honestly just trying to to get through. Um, 
and, and work my ass off, man. Find some way out of there, right? I just knew that wasn't for me. Uh, so I ended up going to community college, graduated from community college. That was a big step. Uh, and I go to UCF, right? The biggest college in, in the States at the time that I didn't, I wasn't even aware of. Uh, and honestly, I didn't know what I, what I got myself into. I thought UCF was super overwhelming at first. I, I never thought that I was going to go to a university. So adjusting to like all the financial aid, setting up my classes, uh, meeting people, you know, who have such different backgrounds than I do and trying to, to relate as much as possible was super challenging. Um, but then I got involved in DSP. You know, I got involved in, into into co into like the the college fraternity. I, I adapted, met some great people, um, and ultimately landed a great job. So, not not the most traditional way of doing things, but um, you know, I, I I'm happy where I'm at, and you know, a lot of credit goes to to the people I met in college and and throughout throughout that journey. Yeah, man, I want to unpack some of the parts of your story that were like that I still remember. Uh, number one. Frank is really good at basketball. Uh, <laughs> I remember <laughs> playing with him one time at the gym, and he says, let's play one-on-one. -on -one. And I go, uh, bro, sure. And I'm really – if you know me, I'm really, really competitive. And then this guy went ahead and even said, hey, we'll play to 11. I'll let you start at 9. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he, that guy still won. Uh, that guy still beat me. Um, he has a heck of a shot. He's super fast. Um, but – I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, maybe you didn't get to the NBA, but like the fact that you got so good at a sport because you put so much dedication to it and that um, and there is if there's one theme that I see in your life. Right. Um, and again, I'm looking at this from 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 far away and, and knowing your story. Right. Is when you set your mind to something, you achieve it like you you put in the work that that's required like the, to, to you. Mm -hmm. You have this grit, like you, you know, like this grit, and 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 I talk about this in this podcast all the time. Is that grit is the number one indicator of success, and like you had this grit. Like to me, I knew you might fall down a lot, but I always knew you're gonna get back up, and I always knew that you're gonna eventually figure it out. And even how you even started this podcast, like, hey, like my first job out of college, I was expecting it not to be with the best company, but I was expected to go put in the work and then maybe to maybe to maybe get able to get into like the Salesforce, the HubSpots of the world, but right. you're able, and we'll talk about it, how you actually were able to start your career at HubSpot, which is awesome. So, um, but it's interesting. You say you, you come from a non-traditional background, which you do, but in a lot of the audience and who we help at Mastering College to Career is non-traditional students. Like we focus on first generation minority and international students as the people that we want to help is the most, because frankly, like, like you were one of them. I was one of them. Like I'm a first-generation low-income minority student too. This is why we connected so well. Um, I I also uh, grew up in a house just me and my mom. My mom made less than two thousand dollars a month um, growing up, working seven days a week. Um, and that too, same thing. Community college first, went to UCF, right. uh, overwhelmed. But one thing that I think helped you and also helped me is I joined a student organization, uh, and and for us it was the same business fraternity, Delta Sigma Pi. And that allowed, and, and I'm going to share my perspective, and I love to hear yours, even if it's different, right? Um, right. That allowed me to meet like-minded people who were also very career-driven, but it also allowed me to meet people who had already or already further along in their journey. Maybe I was a sophomore when I joined, or a junior, and they were seniors about to graduate, and they were able to mentor me, right? Like the big brother, 
little brother, big right, brother right. system, mentor me to understand how to navigate the University of Central Florida. And I think if without it, I would have been very lost. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I, I know, you know, you know, Jesse Crumley very well. Uh, that was my big in the fraternity. Um, and to this day, we, we are still like very, very close friends. Um, and I credit him. Like you said, like I met that one person that was able to kind of guide me, was able to kind of keep me in check and, and walk me through what he was already good at, right? Which was like looking for a job, interviewing. Um, overall, he was a high achiever as well, super high achiever. So it was, it was, yeah. he was a tough act to follow. And I think that is, you know, that's random fact, but I just think like, I never had a problem with being the slowest person running the race, right? Because I knew I would improve if I, if I ran with the people who were faster than me or the people who, who knew much more than I did, right? So uh, that fraternity did just that. Delta Sigma Pi put you in a room with some of the top students at, at the university, and what you get out, what you get from that, just being surrounded, in, being surrounded by those individuals is is kind of unmatched yeah. in the college in the college realm. And, and I think for the audience listening to this, it's not so much whether you have to join Delta Sigma Pi to get what we're talking about. I think to me, right. it's about just surrounding yourself with people who have achieved or are in this achieving the goals that you want to achieve or like either have achieved or on the journey to achieve. Right. Right. And even to your point, Frank, like even if you are the slowest person in that race, as long as you're in the race and you have people in front of you that are willing to help you and say, Hey, I was this, I was in the back of the line at one point, I was the slowest in the race, but here's what I learned. Here's how you, here's how you fix your stride or here's how you can improve your mile time. Right. Um, Right. Because I'm, I'm telling, telling everybody, I'd say this all, it's probably once a podcast, the best way to reach any goal is to learn from someone who's done it. Right. Like it's like success leaves clues. And as you figure something out, um, it becomes a lot easier for them for you to teach someone else. And and that and that's what you should do. Like, there's a rule of thumb that I have. It's like, okay, pick any goal that you want to accomplish, right, Frank? Like, find three people who've done it and get their mentorship, right. right? And then find three people who are currently uh, trying to achieve the same goal as you, and work mm-hmm. with them, right? And then find three people who are trying to achieve a goal you've already achieved and help them achieve that, right? And if we all do that, it's the three, three, three rule, right? Find three people who've who've done the goal. We, who we want to do, find three people who are on the same journey and then help three people, uh, man, I think the world would be a much better place. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And, I, and, and you helped me a lot with that during college, right? Just, just, for, just for the record, for, for people watching, you, 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 uh, you definitely helped me. When, when you, I remember you, you came to, into a class, it was like, uh, it was for Alpha. You remember that organization? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and you gave a, a PowerPoint. I remember I was like, uh, I was like, I, I went up to you too. I was like, I was like, dang, this guy, this guy matches matches my energy. Like this is a he's he's a hustler. I, I resonated a lot with your story, um, where you were coming from, like where that hunger was coming from, right? So even to see you now, like owning your own business, you know, like you know, helping a ton of people. I mean, I saw you when you were in that that class giving yeah. that presentation. Right. So it's crazy how it, it, it 
it pays off, right? Like that same energy is still alive today. Um, so even, and even with your college story, right? When you said your college story, like, oh, you know, I wasn't the best student, you know, but you, you know, but you still manage a way to yeah. align yourself with the great opportunities. I was like, for a college kid like me, I was like, oh, oh, wow. Like this is, this is gold. Like, is, is anybody else seeing this right now? Like <laughs> he's telling you guys like the real game, like how, how to really align yourself with the opportunity. So that's when I went up to you and, and you know, we had coffee the next day and I kind of just like naturally um, set up that conversation, right, yeah. um, at Starbucks that day. So I learned a lot from you. Like I said, like it, it, it was learning from you, learning from Jesse, learning from different people that already did, like did the whole college thing was just, uh, just so impactful for me. <clears throat> So let's transition a little bit to towards like the end of your college career and then ultimately, um, you know, how you got your job. But so what do you what advice do you have for, you know, young Franks or the ones that are currently in college, the non-traditional students who are listening to this um, might not have gone to the best schools, might not have had have the highest GPA. Like, you know, uh, what would you wish you knew? Um, And you can kind of go back in time and tell yourself. Wait, with what I wish I knew or yeah. like what I did? Yeah, I don't know. What I, what, you, you can talk about what you did and then maybe even transition to like, here's what I would have done differently, maybe. Okay, so like, okay, so I think for like non-traditional, like for the non-traditionals and, and I mean, there's probably people in your group that are 10 times better than me as we speak now. I think the biggest thing is being self-aware of like, understanding where you are today, like understanding your weak, like your true weaknesses, like what's really holding you back from, you know, what's really holding you back from doing those things that you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like being so, being so self-aware, whether that's like, okay, my mom or my dad, I grew up in a single house, single family household. Like what are the repercussions of that? Like what, what didn't you learn along the way that, that your peers know, like, it's completely not like it's normal, like, and understanding that and then taking action and putting in the work to get to the same place. I think that's, that's what was my key to success is like understanding where I was at and what my weaknesses were, understanding my background and what the strengths are from that background that I could implement into what is today. Um, as far as advice, I would tell myself not to be so damn hard-headed. I think uh, also with with coming from that background, you know, you could almost have a sense of of like uh, excuses, I guess. You know, you even though, right? Like, let's say you do come from a, a tough background, and you know, it, stuff wasn't fair. Like, it's easy to make an excuse at that point. But I wish, looking back then I wish I would have swallowed my pride a little more yeah, and just put in the work and listen more to like the people who were giving me advice. I think a lot of times I was just too hard. I was so used to doing things myself that when it came to advice or professional advice, I, I, I tend to like hide from that stuff and be like, no, I'm going to do it myself. I was like really rebellious. I think I would have I still think that rebellious spirit helped me in in a lot of ways, but I also think 
that I would have gained so much more if I would have swallowed my pride. Yeah, and I would say um, that that kind of ha happens to not. It's it's very common, right? Like, and and I and I'm I'm gonna tell you all, and, and a lot of you might agree with this, but many of you will for sure not agree with what I'm about to say. Um, right. And, and let me let me kind of just be very honest with all of you here, right? Like, I I'll start by saying this. I can is it, it would be impossible for me to really know how each of every single one of you feels like it, it it was impossible for me to know how frank felt when I, I was talking to him at ucf and sometimes i remember frank and i i would have a hard conversation with them and and and, and this is something that i i i'm coming from maybe because i felt this way myself is this victim right. mentality it felt like the world was against us right and mm. again i don't know how I don't, I don't know everybody's background. I don't know everybody's story, right? I can only tell you that I, I also didn't have the most perfect story, but I also know that there's a lot of people who had it worse than I did, right? But I also know that a lot, most people had it better than I did. But right. anyway, there's always somebody who has a worse story than you, right? So I, I, I cannot go and relate to everybody, but I would tell you one of the best, most common mistakes that I see across the board from non-traditional students um, is, a victim mentality, and and I think it the and I think it's more prevalent now than it was, uh, Frank, when you went to school, um, when I when we were talking maybe like four or five years ago. Because now I think the social media is like this, like you know, this whole Black Lives Matter movement. There's a lot of more movements that are saying, hey, if you're a minority, uh, the world owes you, like America owes you. And look, that could be very well be true, but when it comes to you as an individual, right? Um, do not let that victim mentality uh, stop you from achieving your goals. Like, don't say, well, uh, the world's against me, so I will never be able to get a great job out of college. Like, no, like, I think you can take control of it, right? You, can, you can't you can control that. And maybe, right, as bad as this might sound, maybe the fact that other most other non-traditional students are not taking advantage of this gives you an advantage, right? Um, and this, and what we all ultimately was our weaknesses which was our past right like our upbringing was is a is a weakness or was a big weakness there's a lot of that can actually be turned around to a strength right like your grit your work ethic you know your perseverance you know that to your point that that hard-headedness that you had could have affected you in some times but i think overall has been a positive gain to where you are today yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And like, uh, <clears throat> I agree to an extent as far as like the the victim mentality. I think, I think, I think that that's that's the part of self awareness where where I like, where I like where I try to touch on is understanding. Yeah, like yes, like I was undocumented. Like if I speak for myself, is understanding. Like yes, I was undocumented. Yes, everybody had a hundred miles ahead of me. That that it felt like everybody had a hundred miles ahead of me. Yes, I couldn't find a job, and that might have held me back. Yes, right. Is is understanding all that and and saying, and that's okay. Like I'm still gonna get it done. Yeah. Right. And 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 when I get it done, it's gonna feel that much better. Right. Yeah. So once and once you taste that, right? You taste you you climb that mountain. You know, everybody went up the hill and you're climbing the mountain to get to the same like altitude or whatever. Once you feel that feeling, there's no better feeling like there. I can't explain it, but there's no better feeling 
than going against the odds and, and succeeding. And once you get that feeling, that's when you start realizing like, oh, like this was set up. This is tough. Yeah, it's unfair. But there's always like a different way to look at it. And yeah. once you can, once you can, once you understand that view, I feel like everything around you changes, like everything, like your mindset, how you speak with people. And, and, and ultimately, you help more people by not making excuses and outgrowing, you know, your past. That's, yeah. that's just my outlook at it, man. And, and but I want to be like sympathetic to, you know, anybody who who does have that that tough background, right, that 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 isn't willing to share because I remember not being vulnerable enough to be like to be real with myself like yo this this makes me angry like I I don't feel right in these rooms because everybody's celebrating their 21st birthday I remember losing everything on my 21st birthday because my my uh work permit expired it that stuff made me angry so being aware of that stuff it's it's valid but there's a way to be very, very, very productive about it. Yeah. So like, like, like to your point, like don't let the, it's cliche, but don't let the past determine like your future. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would, um, and this is my, my theory. I, I have no data to support this. I, I would say mm-hmm. some, you know, I would say people like me and you, Frank, who've had a really um, hard upbringing, who um, struggled to, to get their immigration process, you know, cause, that was really hard for me and my mom as well. Right. And right. Um, that's actually something I really don't talk about because that actually happened when I was a college student and I, I was illegal for nine years. No one ever knew that I was illegal for nine years. Right. Not as long right. as Frank, but nine years. Uh, um, I would say this, um, this is my theory. I think it is harder for people like me and you, for individuals like me and you, and whether it's whether an immigration issue or whether it's a family issue, whether it's an addiction issue from your parents, or like, you know, whatever uh, hard upbringing you have, right? I think it is harder for us to get out of it, right? But once we get to a point where we're out of it, um, we I, I would actually bet that you look back 20 years from now, and even if we just compare it to the people who were in the same business fraternity who are essentially we can safely say are the, more like, you know, a top 10% of the college of business, right? Like, you know, the right. Type of students, right. The college of business that, that we went to had over 8,000 students. There's less than a hundred members in this club. And even if you add all student organizations together, like that's still less than 10% of all students involved in the college of business. So let's say that I would, I'm willing to bet you, Frank, that you look back you look for in 20 years from you look back and say all right where are all the people that i graduated college with from the same business fraternity i'm willing to bet you're more successful than 90 percent of them right yeah i'm willing to bet that i am willing to bet that just wait so going back to what i'm trying to say i'm saying i think that if you had a rough upbringing if you had a bad circumstances and you were able to overcome that you will actually have more success, long-term success than anybody else because what you learn to overcome that, that grit, determination, you know, that fighting, that mentality that you build, right? It's like that muscles that you build during your hard times will actually make everything else a lot easier, right? And right. the same reason why I have no doubt if you're putting the same work ethic that you've had before, 
you're going to succeed in HubSpot and get promoted every two years or less, right? Um, yeah. And and, and and that's what ultimately is going to allow you to traject it. And that is um, why I tell my wife, um, our kids are okay. Our grandkids are screwed, right? Because our kids will still hear daddy's suffering. Like my kids will still know what I went through. And so they'll know not to take things for granted. Right. But my grandkids are going to be so spoiled. They won't have to suffer. And so now they're screwed, right? And so this, yeah, yeah. this actually happens a lot in, in, in countries, right? I don't want to get political in this podcast, it's not. But right, we've right. always said that the first generation builds it, the second generation maintains it, and the third generation destroys it. And it's because you get so comfortable. And yeah, I'm telling you, Frank, I just don't see you ever getting comfortable, right? That, like, that's funny you say that. That's funny you say that. I don't know if, if it was your... <laughs> If it was like one of the traditional sayings, like in your family about like about like generation aspect, because I remember my mom like clearly, vividly saying, um, "Your generation pays." I mean, I don't know where this is from, but it, it just resonated with me. Like, you pay for this. You pay for the. It was probably some biblical. Like, you pay for the sins that you commit for generations. The way I interpreted that, the way I interpreted that was like generational curses, right? So like if you didn't go to college or get or be educated in some way or whatever, like your kids are going to suffer from that. Or if you weren't responsible with your money and, you know, you threw it away, like your kids are going to, their, their kids are going to suffer and their kids. Are gonna, if you were alcoholic or you were addicted, you know, like all those bad habits or bad, like teachings go down four generations so again this goes down to my self-awareness thing when i realized that i was like oh shit my grandpa was alcoholic oh like my grandma doesn't know her abcs in english she can't tell it oh um we don't have a lot of money like like where's that you know what you know what is what is that right or like all these buckets where i'm like oh damn like my responsibility is way bigger than myself Right. It's not about me graduating college. It's not about me climbing the ladder at, you know, a big corporation. This is about breaking generational curses. So like that self-awareness, I think, is like huge. Like you said, like it doesn't allow me to be comfortable. Like, yeah, it's like I got to do this. like I, this isn't like a. Oh, this is my well-being, like I want to do this. No, this is like I got to do this to break all these generational curses and that that's just like my outlook when you, yeah. when you mentioned that that's that's kind of like what rung, rung the bell for me love it man um so tell me man um you graduate college what happens next the the, the unexpected daniel i i honestly and i might have told you this before i didn't expect to land a great job after college i i i knew that I, I deserved it. I knew that I was whatever organization that got me, this is just my self-belief would be lucky because I knew my work ethic. But as far as like on paper and, and, and things like that, I just didn't think that, you know, I would be like a top candidate. Um, so, you know, I applied for as many jobs as I could, like I was willing to take whatever job to build my experience in, in my desired field. But after graduation, 
I had like I posted some like my my story on LinkedIn, right? Um, it was a picture of me graduating, you know, with the uh, with like uh, Mexican accessories and my mother, right? Like it really highlight. I think like whoever my 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 friend that took those pictures did a good job at highlighting like my story at a glance. Yeah, and it went pretty. It went viral, right? It went it went viral and a recruiter uh, from HubSpot reached out to me and it, and I could go into that story, man, it, it's crazy. But he basically reached out to me with, with, with like an intro call to, to, to interview, right? I, I had no idea what HubSpot was. Um, and I just started doing my research and I was like, oh, wow, like this is a, this is a pretty awesome company, right? So. I remember doing my due diligence during that interview process and, and I ultimately landed the job. But what was interesting, and to your point, I know you mentioned LinkedIn being such a essential piece to like college students um, landing a job, a good job or, or creating opportunity. My recruiter told me that one of his students liked that post and it appeared on his timeline he resonated with what I said on that story, right? He resonated with, with, with the context I put on that post. And he told me he felt that he needed to reach out to me. He was like, man, maybe this guy needs a job. That's exactly what her, his words were like. I think this guy needs a job, resonated with my story. He reached out, me and him are, are still good friends to this day. Like, so it's just crazy how that, that aspect works, right? How, how powerful LinkedIn works. That, that's what, help me land my, you know where I'm at like my, my opportunity um, with HubSpot and I think what's important to to take away from this is that visibility is more important than ability right like um it, it Frank is still the same guy that he was before he posted that like the the post didn't make him a different person but because that post gained him visibility he was able to be found by recruiters and hiring managers from different companies that allowed him to say, hey, Frank, like I connected with you, right? And then we wanna interview you. And then you still had an interview. Like that, just because you posted doesn't mean you got the job. Like it wasn't a guaranteed thing. You still had to show why you're the right fit. But that visibility is what helped open a lot of those doors. And this is why I'm so, um, why I pushed LinkedIn for, for job seekers so much is about building that visibility. And, and at, at least how it still works right now is that LinkedIn, Less than 2% of people on LinkedIn are creating content. So not only will all my connections see my posts, my second connections will see it. So if Frank likes it, Frank's connections who have no idea who I am will see my content. Now, maybe not all of it, but the best engagement content would. And that's what happened in this right. post, right? Uh, so many people are liking it. I was, I'm looking at it now. You have like close to 1,800 likes, which, which would lead to about 1 point something million views, if not more. Um, that I mean, someone's have to, is gonna find you, right? And so it's how do you you can say, hey, well, Frank, that was luck, and I would say, no, Frank, you created your own luck, and I would say, all of you can create your own luck, and and it's all about sharing your story and finding commonality because people love to help people that are like them, and so um, and I'm not gonna go into this is not a networking top episode, but right, right. when you go into networking, it's all about commonality, 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 commonality. Yeah, and. and I guess this might turn into a question for you, but it's something that 
was very relevant to me. I could remember like during the, the interview process is, is I was big on like, for some reason in my head, I, I, I know like, you know, the traditional teachings of like how to get a job, you know, in college that they teach you and stuff like that. But it, it, I always felt like, man, I want to work at a place that I could share this stuff. Like I could share the real me and still like get a job. Right. I didn't want people to because I've, I've had interviews where it was like, yeah, like that's a cool story. But next time, like be better at Excel. Like I, I've heard those that feedback. Right. Yeah. And I was like. I guess I guess like what I'm trying to say is like from your experience, like in, in you know, with companies hiring college students, like where does like culture fit? Like how important is culture fit? Right. Because. I think that uh, that's very important, especially nowadays, and is joining an organization that you can excel in, because I think being yourself is is part of your success, right? Like oh, I yeah. think when a comp when a company allows you to to strive at your strengths, like that's where you want to be, right? Not not like faking it until you make it, and then you had a job you hate, and it just like a downward spiral. Like, what's your what are your thoughts? Yeah, that as far. I, yeah, no, I, I agree with you 1 million percent. Look, I, I think as, 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 a, as a job seeker, you got to think about it like this. Look, there's 7 million companies um, in the United States, and I'm just saying U.S. alone, right? Now, right. let's say you go and you post something about immigration and how you're, uh, you tell your story, you know, like, um, will that turn off people? Absolutely. And like, and even if we just say 50 percent of people are turned off and 50 percent of right. people are like, hey, Frank, you're awesome, right? What it did is that it helped filter out companies that you shouldn't work for. Because what you what you want to do is be authentically right. you. I, I I mean, I'm telling you, if you like Star Wars, put Star Wars. Like if you like, like just be you, tell your story, share it. What's gonna do is gonna maybe some people will not like it. Maybe you get some mean mail. Trust me, I got somebody messaged me like four years ago to get run in front of a bus and kill myself. Um yeah. And, and that's not who I want to work with. And that's not who I, I would want to hire or want to be working for or even be as a, have them as a client, right? But then there's going to be another percentage of people that are just going to love you even more. To your, to your situation, that uh, HubSpot recruiter was just that, right? They connected with your story and found out bond. Now, I want you to be authentically you through your LinkedIn, through the interview process, right? Because if they're... Right. If you're faking yourself through the interview process, are you going to fake yourself for 40, 50 hours a week, every week for, for 30 years? No, that's miserable. Like that is miserable. So I would just say, um, for me, um, most people apply for jobs. And then once they get an email that then research the company, that's, that's kind of why I always focus on step number one is clarity, figure out what's important to you. What's your career priorities? Is it location? Is it culture? Is it company mission and vision? Is it personal development? Is it competition? Right. And write all this and then find companies that match that. And I would even say, hey, focus on 10 to 20 companies only um, and and then build those relationships and then create your content and stuff like that. So I would say I think it's perfectly fine to I, I encourage you to beat you. That is actually your competitive advantage and it will turn off some companies, but it also will do the opposite effect and it will attract a lot more companies. Um and, and speak to you. It's the same reason when, when you think about sales, I, I actually think the job searching process is the sales process. Um, right, right. 
you want to make sure that like, I know like for a BDR, your main job is qualifying the lead, right? Like HubSpot right. is not the best CRM for everybody. Like if I'm PepsiCo, I might need to go to Salesforce, but if I am a medium sized company, HubSpot is perfect. Right. So yeah. it's all about qualifying your lead because you can't be the ideal candidate for everybody. Just like HubSpot is at least not in the beginning, you start off by going an inch wide, a mile deep, even as, as you speak about yourself. And then as you get bigger, right, and you build your knowledge base, you can then create sec, uh, different products or you build different skills that allows you to be a, like a, a, a better candidate for more people. When you're starting out, niche, man, riches are in the niches. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, especially uh, when, you know, when you make that reference, I mean, it, that's what it is. It's like your, dis your discovery, yeah. right, is, is where's the best places to work for me? Like, yeah. like, is this company the best fit for who I am? Like, that's, I think that's super, like, I guess you could say, like, something that people need to pay more attention to. I think we get caught up, like, especially in college, I remember being caught up in like the names, yeah. right? Like the big names, the, the, the most prestigious names. But uh, I would, I would add there is like, where can you be your authentic self? Like, can I be my authentic self at this company? Yeah. I guess that, that would be like something I would uh, double down on. Like if I was thinking about getting a job after school. Yeah. And the way you do that is two things. One, you are your authentic self through the whole interview process. And two, you interview them back. And here's the funny part. Right. You actually take on and interviewing the company back. They'll actually respect you more. Mm -hmm. Like they'll actually will say, all right, well, like, like obviously he's really vetting us and it's probably because he's feeling confident about himself and what he brings to the table. It's to me that to me, it attracts me more to that candidate, like to want to hire them more. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and that's a I guess the I don't want to leave out the fact that, you know, during that when I got to HubSpot, like I, I'm such a fan of like planting seeds where I was constantly on LinkedIn reaching out to as many people as I could, like introducing myself, why I wanted to do that, what if they were open to a conversation. And you'd be surprised how many people responded. Like how many people are willing to help and you'll be surprised by how many people don't do that before, like, you know, tar when targeting a company, they want to work yeah. with, like they don't reach out to anybody. They just submit the resume. Then I, I, I reached out to probably a cra crazy amount of people. I don't want to put a number on it, but it was a, a lot of people. I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I do a lot of speaking. It's all virtual now um, because I actually don't even want to travel anywhere to speak, but um, I asked a question. I say, hey, if, if a high school student reached out to you and asked you advice on how to navigate college, would you give them 10 minutes, right? And I easily can tell you nine out of 10 people say yes. So then I go and I say, okay, well, if you're willing to help a high school student navigate college, does that mean that people graduate college and as soon as they walk the stage, they become a jerk? Or are they the same person? And they're like, no, there are people are the same person. Like, are you like, the, you know, we might change a little bit, but who you, your personality, who you were in high school is very similar to who you were in college. And it's going to be very similar of what it looks like when you graduate. So if you're, if nine out of 10 of you and everybody puts, yes, we're willing to help in the chat. If most, like ev you saw everybody here said, yes, willing to help. What would change mm -hmm. the fact that they're not willing to help in the future? 
right? So they are, right. and that's the, that's the thing. People people want to help. I realize, man, most people are really good, and people do want to help. Um, and then the more that they can connect with you and find commonality in you, uh, the better off there will be. But Frank, man, I can't believe it's been over thirty minutes here. So I want to kind of give you one last opportunity. Any last minute advice that you would want to share with the audience before we wrap it up? Yeah, I, I mean, if I had to say a comment, I would just say, <clears throat> aim, aim high, and work your ass off. Like that. That's that's the big. Like anything is possible. You could legit create opportunity opportunities for yourself, no matter where you come from, what background. If if you believe in yourself and you aim high and you work work your you know work your butt off to to accomplish it, it's possible. Like don't don't second guess. Just go after it. Work, fail, fall on your face, get back up, and do it again. Like it, everything's possible. No, nothing's unattainable. That's awesome, man. Frank, again, thanks for coming. Uh, super proud of you, man. We'd love to continue to see your growth. Um, I'm gonna share your LinkedIn uh, link on the show notes. So if anybody uh, connected with the story and want to connect with Frank, you can connect with them there. Frank, thank you so much. And for everybody else listening, thank you so much. And catch you guys on the next episode. You've been listening to How to Get a Job College Student Edition. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. And if you use Spotify, go ahead and give us a follow so you'll be notified whenever we upload. Until the next time, catch you guys on the next episode.